Welcome to the Compadres Happy Hour with Ivan and Abdallah. Two vets with illusions of grandeur and a knack for the dramatic, discussing the good, the bad, and the ugly through slightly embellished stories. Dos girapollas buscando tesoro en tierras lejanas y queriendo mojarse las pollas sin resultados algunos. Welcome to this week's episode of Compadres Happy Hour. I want to thank the fellas for that great introduction. Man, those guys are great people. I would date them. <laughs> <laughs> so, compadre, how was your week? Uh, this week was, uh, you know, I mean, it was, it was very calm, you know, regular work. Um, I think the most, uh, when the time got really well, where I got interesting was near the end of the week. You know, Friday evening, well, Friday afternoon. And, you know, on Saturday. So I think in the in the two days, Friday and Saturday, I experienced, we experienced some, you know, slightly bizarre, slightly, uh, you know, interesting things happen. Entertaining. Entertaining, for sure. yeah. Um, you know, part of it, I was like, oh, I wish it didn't happen this way because I had plans. But, yeah, it, 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 it made, it gave us context. Yeah, but before we get into that conversation... Did you hear uh, what happened to R. Kelly? Breaking news? No, what happened to R. Yeah, Kelly? Yeah, R. Kelly convicted of racketeering and sex trafficking for, by a federal grand jury in New York. Well, you know, this is a remix, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he reignitioned and all that. Yeah, so I remember uh, you had talked about R. Kelly earlier, and uh, you had brought up a thought about, hey, do you remember, compadre, when uh, we used to listen to R. Kelly in the early 90s and 2000s? What, what was your what was your thought on that? I oh, know because I I was hearing my uh, uh, another podcast uh, you know my friends run, um, and they were commenting on this on the same thing like uh, you know like um, you know before even like this was like two weeks ago mm-hmm. they were commenting on like you know like uh, R Kelly and like you know like people you find out later Bill Cosby like how do you feel how does it work, um, and one of the comments was like imagine we were all dancing in the nineties early two hundreds two thousands. You know, Tar Kelly's music, and you know, you're like bumping and grinding, all that. And little do you know, he's in the background up there making millions, laughing at us because we're dancing and basically celebrating everything he was doing. We had no idea. He's bumping and grinding with the yeah. underage girls, mm-hmm. peeing on them, <laughs> you know, give them Jesus juice, you know. Hey, fucking R. Kelly, man. Uh, well, now, now that he's, I mean, now that he's found guilty, how many years do you think he's gonna get? You think they got, you think they throw him in prison for life? Um, well, they've been doing that. Like, they did the Bill, the Bill Cosby. Yeah, I mean, but Bill got Cosby out. got out. Bill Cosby got to get out, technicality. But they, look at Harvey. Harvey Harvey's staying in. Like, people are petitioning, oh, he might die. But, hey, you have to be held responsible for your crimes. Yeah, that's some evil crimes. It's really, it's really, um, what's it called? It was demoralizing. Like, when you had, like, the time that, you know, Lindsay Lohan and, you know, all these other uh, celebrities were jailed and because it was overpopulated they got released hell there's other people who deserve to be released before them yeah people that are you know i mean we're gonna go down that rabbit hole we don't want to go down yeah. yeah but like you know like you guys know what i'm talking about like there's things that are like some possessions that are bs because now it's legal in most of these states and those people are still in jail. Wait, pedophilia? Are you talking about pedophilia? No, or no, uh, uh, marijuana. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm just making uh, sure I'm trying to no, clarify. No, no, pedophilia, <laughs> I don't think, was ever illegal in the South. 
Apparently, <laughs> apparently. I just want to clarify. Yeah. To me, apparently, because uh, we because we were talking about pedophilia, you know, <laughs> with the R. Kelly subject. You know, so I just want to make it clear. Yeah. No, 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 not pedophilia, not pedophilia. Even though I've heard of that, you ever heard of Mambla, whatever men? No, men what? something about. I have to look it up. It's uh, men like their love with boys association. There's an organization, Nambla, Nambla, North American men, 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 boy loving. What the fuck? Where, yeah. where did you? Where did you get this from? So I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm. I get it right. Nambla. There you go. Nambla. It stands for North American Man Boy Love Association. Is it even legal? Um, I don't think so. Or, but I mean, they're allowed to associate. The North American Man Boy Love Association is a pedophilia and pedastry advocation advocacy organization in the United States. Wait, so, wait, wait! But you're looking, you're looking this up with your your private phone. Oof! You better yeah. not. No, no. I mean, uh, I, I, I told Google it's for research purposes only. You can get the FBI knocking at your door. No, they're they're they're, they're probably in the same thing. <laughs> Um, I can't name names or name organizations. Bohemian Grove. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, what are we finding out? Anyways, we're going down that rabbit hole. Yeah, you know, that's. Uh, I would love to research further and then come back to you guys and talk about that because I don't want to say something wrong, and then you know have someone offended and then cancel culture. Imagine getting canceled over pedophilia and you're yeah. against it. You know, Nambla will probably get on us and be like, "Excuse me." We feel defamated. <laughs> and I'm like, but you guys are touching kids. Why am I getting in trouble? You should get in trouble. You should get in trouble, exactly. Yeah. And you're, shit, you're promoting that shit on the web. Yeah, but the times we live in, you know, good lawyer, Johnny Cochran, if he was alive, will get with, you know. Hey, what was that saying? If the glove don't fit, you must have quit. quit. <laughs> or Johnny like in Cochran. South Park, you use the Chewbacca. Chewbacca, <laughs> uh, uh, what does he say? The, the Chewbacca defense. What's the Chewbacca defense? Um, it, I forget, dude. Like, you know, it, I, I go blank. Basically, it was the fact that, like, did you see Chewbacca there or something like that? And then, no. Then he wasn't there. Then, then, <laughs> then my, my, my client was not, didn't do anything. You know? <laughs> you ever get to use something. that one? I, I have to really look into this. So, you know, talking about uh, R. Kelly and, and pedophilia and... That brings me into a topic that I want to discuss with you about toxic people. Oh, you know, yeah. And this is this is something that we have discussed numerous occasions mm -hmm. on uh, a lot of late nights. And I kind of want to talk to you about what is your what is your what's your take on the toxic people that surround you? I think uh, um, no matter what, you're surrounded by them. Mm -hmm. Um, and they come in all shapes and sizes. I mean, that's not a joke, like on on, on people's weight or that. But I just meant like you know, it's a, you know generalizing in a way that like, it could be friends, it could be strangers, it could be family. Um, it could be someone that you met when you were a kid. Imagine, I, I believe that toxicity, toxic people, are even when you're born, like when you're growing, you're being raised. It could be a teacher. I mean, many things. Uh, I, I know that I I think I forgot. Until recently that we've been talking, like, I'm like, oh, this happened to me, this happened to me, oh, that happened to me, and then you share information. Yeah, because, know. like, with me, I'm I'm in this period of time where I'm transitioning uh, from one point in my life to another, and I'm removing a lot of toxic people in my life. And with you, 
sharing my my stories about the toxic people that I'm removing out of my life. We've encountered a few toxic people while I've been here in Miami, while I've been here living with compadre. And we've discussed that in in length. And that also brings into what we had discussed previously about emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. being aware of, uh, of, of your feelings and, and how you feel towards certain people and how they make you feel in a negative way and how you have to push them out of your life. Um, but going back to you, what is, what is your, your whole concept on that? Um, I think I have two, two thoughts on that. Like, two different thoughts. Because I think that right now you're having me when I'm calm and I'm at ease. I'm, you know, so like, like my, I have not hulked out, I guess. I would say <laughs> I haven't turned to, to the beast. Um, when I'm calm, I'm like, I understand. I understand what I have to do. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm logical about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, you know, you just like have to, you know, defend yourself by not, but you know, like by having understanding that it should not be impact you as much excuse me um it shouldn't impact you as much because you know you are intelligent enough to be like okay you are that's your opinion i don't agree with it let's just walk away before it gets weird before it gets weird you know and i say things that you don't want to say and you say things that i don't want to hear because you know you know they say in rage, you, truth come out. Yeah, and it's true. Like you know, like like sometimes like it's in a conversation with someone that's toxic. You know that they know they're toxic, but they just can't help it. You know, sometimes it's like they they themselves are trapped in that in that you know sewer. Mm-hmm. You know, in that swamp in DC. I mean, not DC, but you know, in the swamp. <laughs> uh yeah. Ooh, my bad. <laughs> Um, but you know, so like it's hard, so you have to understand them too. But obviously, when there's a point that I have my limits, and I mean, I'm trying to work on that, like, you know, to, to, to not rage out, but you know, not physically, but like I get very heated, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that's when my thoughts go to the I just want to eliminate people, like, not like you know, like murder them, <laughs> I just mean like totally cut them off. Uh, you know, and, I, and I've gotten good at that. I've gotten really good at like, like, like my mind, like, you know, like uh, when we were in the Navy, the doors, the dock doors. Yeah. You, just, you, you know, com- what's it called? Compartmentalize? Yeah. You know, is it that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you lock up. So, you know, like when the, fr- when the water, when the water's seeping in, so the ship doesn't sink, you just close these doors and you isolate the ship to, you isolate the damage to one position, to one yeah. place. To one place. The sh- yeah. Yeah. So the same way, my mind has been able, has have gotten really good at that. So I'll shut people off, so that when I don't, it doesn't create create any um, negative emotion on me. And the same way, I don't do or say anything to that person that will hurt them, because you know, when I'm angry, I'll say, I'll, I'll act, I'll even think certain things. But um, and then you know, and then I regret it because you're like, oh, you know. Not that I didn't say it, because I mean, that's what I really thought. But it's like, the person doesn't deserve the full amount, because it's not only them, and, you know, they have other people. But in the same way, I mean, you can't let them take advantage of that. You know, there's some toxic people. I mean, most of, in my, in my cases, it has to do with family, but it's because I've allowed this. Like, you, we've talked about this. Yeah. 
Like, it's not a one-sided thing. You allowed certain things. You're in this position because you allowed it. You stayed quiet. You did not stand your ground. And, then, you know, like like we always talk, I joke around, uh, you know, Nazi Germany. Hitler walked and told the truth. Stay, you know, like, you know, camp outside the thyme. That's the, that's the river, right? The Thames? The Thames River. The Thames River. And then he said, cross it and tell me what happens. He crossed it. They camped on the other bank. No one did anything. They did this position. They, they, they kept doing it. And there's no, they made no resistance until they got to Paris. And Paris surrendered without a fire, without firing of a bullet or any 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 armament. Mm-hmm. So that's what the whole thing is. Like in a um, in a way, that's how it is. If you if you don't stand up, if you don't put a resistance, until they bite your line steppers. Yeah, yeah, they will step and they'll keep stepping and they'll keep going, and they'll overtake you. I understand. Sometimes you want to be respectful because it's family or with friends. You don't want to be an asshole. Um, but you sometimes you have to put your foot down and be like, "This is enough." Like, you have to give that pushback. Yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes like you, by the time you do resistance, it's too late because now they've seen you put up with it so long that when you stand up, now they're like, "Oh, now you're getting curious," and they look at they look at you like you're just having a tantrum, mm-hmm. like you're throwing a fit, and it makes you look like the asshole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, other people see it as well, as that. Because all this time you were, oh, no, he's so calm or she's so calm, you know, and then eventually, uh, you know, like you can. So you have to like be more strategic about it. Yeah, because I, I know like with me, I was the type where I would let people run over me, you know, and, and I was always giving. I was always trying to be the nice guy. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was trying to be the nice guy. It, it, to me, you know, going to therapy, I've learned, you know what, you have to speak your mind. And, you know, if you find yourself in an uncomfortable position, you have to let people know, hey, I don't feel comfortable with what you're telling me or what you're doing. You know, because if you don't let, if you don't give people boundaries, they're just going to keep going. It's human nature. Just keep going, see how much they can get away with. And and one thing that I've, I've learned here in Miami, being here with you guys is people are habitual line steppers here. People habitually line step here. They fucking push every fucking button and they, they try to get away with as much as they can here. They do, they do. And I, I like one thing you bring up uh, and I think that's another issue. Our generation are very open, or at least most of them are very open about therapy. I think the previous generation and back, a lot of them are not. And I, I mean, and I understand why. I mean, the, the greatest generation as they call themselves, you know, as they call them, I don't, they, I don't think they call themselves that. They came back from World War One, and World War Two, mm-hmm. and they never showed emotion. They suffered in silence. And then I think that led to the part when the when the next generation came. It was, you sh- you be a man. Man don't cry. Yeah. Women do this. Women do that. You know. Like respect your man. This not like the whole sexist thing came, but it was. I mean, it's it's a product of the time, and I think that's what it is. I mean, I hear it all the time with therapy. Uh, oh, I don't believe in that depression. I don't believe in that. Like, oh, how can you be depressed? Just snap out of it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's crazy enough because sometimes I remember for a long time, um, I was able to snap out of it. So a lot of it, and I, I mean, the drawback to that, and I've discussed this with my therapist, and you know, with with, with you, and with other you know people, family, and all that. Right when it comes up, um, the worst thing about suppressing your emotions 
is that when you open up to the emotions, you have 20 years or however you suppress them of emotions to catch up. And those things are just going to come in right away. And you're going to experience them within seconds. Everything just comes forward. And it starts hitting you. So you start getting depressed, sad, happy. This, and you're like, you, and it could, it will drive you mostly insane. And you, you, you start thinking like you're the crazy one. Yeah. And people don't understand because he's looking at you and like, imagine, imagine, uh, you know how like the typical stroke program, the faces change. Yeah. That's what it is. You like, you like, oh, the mask, the mask. Uh, Jim Carrey's the mask. How he keeps like moving his face. That's how it feels like because you keep shifting. And, like you have all these emotions, all these feelings come through, and then you have to deal with them because eventually. The longer you wait, the worse it gets. So when when you had that breakthrough, that's how you felt. It felt yeah, because I had I had to you know I felt all these emotions kicking in. I felt all these things, and for the most part, here's the thing: what you see in the outside of me is not the what you see in the inside. It's not what the inside is. Mm -hmm. I'm very good at projecting a front, but it's because I am I'm very uh, I'm very. Mis not mysterious, what is it called? Very reserved. Reserved. I'm mm -hmm. very reserved. Like, someone brought it up to me um, and said, in the 10 years I've known you, I don't think I know you. I mean, I dated this person. Mm -hmm. And, and, I, and I, it got me thinking. I was like, you know, it makes sense. Because I started like, reviewing everything I talked, how I talked, what I, what I spoke about. Some things were very, you know, like, interesting to me, so I would share them. Mm -hmm. But it was nothing personal. I truly never talk, like right now, you guys are hearing this, and it sounds like I'm talking about personal, but there's so much deep inside that I'm not talking about. Yeah. And the reason is because when I've done it in the past, when I was younger, and you know, at a very young age, I would try to open up to people, it was too much for people. It really was. And people got scared. And I mean, I mean as a little kid, imagine you find someone that you love as a friend, you share all these things about you, you open up, and you scare them away. So that's a negative reinforcement. So how would you, what, 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 is, what does your brain tell you? Isolate yourself. Isolate yourself. Yeah. Protect yourself. People are not ready for you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and, like, and so like a lot of times, and let me know, I, as, a, as a kid, I was very mischievous. I mean, like, like, like from, I, you, you say a, 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 a grade from gram, grammar, uh, you know, from grammar school, and I'd be like, oh, I did this, I did that, I did that, you know. And I was always, I was that. And I see it now that what it was, it was just lashing out because it was the only way to be liked. Because mm -hmm. I remember there's a stage I, I said I was a good kid and, I, I, and I, I didn't get liked by others. I was a bad kid and I wasn't liked by others. And I was like, so what is this? If, there's, if it's not a good or bad, what do I have to be? And I think that's what caused me just to like, just be self about me, 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 me. Whatever made me laugh, whatever made me entertain myself mm -hmm. you know so i mean in, th in that same way like you know like i think i think that's why therapy is very important and a lot of people you know um hide it and i understand why like, 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 like i see it i'm not trying to say the same thing but it's like when someone wants to come out mm -hmm. you know as gay lesbian you know whatever they feel yeah you know their biggest fear is being rejected with therapy is the same thing you admitting therapy, let's, let's be honest, in the military, you admit therapy and you will not make rank. Yeah, that's correct. You will not make rank. So you have to endure 
and swallow all these things you're feeling so you could so you could stay the 20 years and get a career out of it. Yeah, because it's an instant career killer. So when you tell me these people come back and shoot people, or these people lose their mind in Afghanistan, Iraq, I'm like, yeah, um, why are you surprised? There's things that are happening that no one knows. And, and, they, never, and they never got the yeah. appropriate treatment mm -hmm. in the military mm -hmm. because of, you know, you get a, a psych evaluation or, you know, any type of, of psychiatric treatment, people are going to automatically say, oh, he's not ready to be in a leadership position. That's why I call it career killer. You have bad knees because of the military. But it's okay. You can make chief. It's okay. You have a bad back. No, no, it's okay. You can stay in. You're overweight. No, no, you can stay in. But your mind... And they, and, they, and they blacklist you. I mean, I have a friend that, you know, he made chief a couple of years ago. Maybe, you know, maybe like two, three years ago. And he was, I was one of his concerns. I was like, hey, man, make sure you do this and that, you know, and like go to psych and all that. You know, help you when you, when you retire. You get the, v, the VA money and, you know, help you. you know, so you can take care of it. I know you have knees, you have surgeries and all that. And he told me straight out, like, dude, I can't. I can't. If I'm going to make, like, you know, he, was, he stayed... HM1 for a while, you know, and then he finally made chief. And but I know when he was traveling to the chief, he was always scared of like just talking to psych. Yeah. That's unfortunate. It's really pretty so, unfortunate. And, you know, I don't want to shed bad light on the military, but. No, by no means. Mm -mm. By no means. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, maybe there's something that they, 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 they see that we don't see. Um, but it, it's it's something that's very important and should be addressed. And I just think it's it, what, what causes the, the issue is the fact that, and I, you know I've told I've told you this before, if it doesn't affect you, you don't you, you can't understand it. Exactly. You know, like we talked about it, you could be homophobic, but then you have a gay son, a gay son, or a lesbian daughter, or a gay daughter, whatever the phrasing is. I think the new word's queer. I don't know. Excuse me. I don't know. I, I really have to, you know, fresh up on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then all of a sudden, because I've seen it in, within this family, and all of a sudden, like, they care. That's when they become they understanding. Care. Yeah. And coming from my point of view, that I'm like, I, like I said earlier, I'm very literal words and things, and I'm always paying attention. If you tell me one thing and I see you act differently, I feel lied to you. And now my views of you are changed. And I have to try really hard to hide that. Because if I, because like I feel that I would probe so much that I would lose a friendship or lose that relationship with the person. Now, on, the, on that, I know we had discussed about our friendships and relationships and acquaintances. You know, it, do you find it difficult having friends when you discover that? The dynamic has changed because you found something out about them that you felt makes you feel like you're lied to. For the first forty-eight hours, yes. It takes me forty-eight hours for my mind to solve the puzzle. Mm. Once I solve the puzzle, I'm okay. But it's very hypocritical of me too, because I'm hiding things from them too. You're hiding, you know. We all we all hide something from each other, mm -hmm. you know. And if you're like. I think you said it to me this weekend. If you're judging someone of one interaction, then you are wrong. Like yeah. You should let it allow. 
And I, you know, I was gonna say you're being like you, you didn't say this to me, but I'm like, I would say you're being an asshole because you are being hypocritical because you you you've shown a side of you before. Excuse me. And if people were to base it on that interaction, you would not have that friend. Hmm. I'll give you an example. You're my compadre. How long was the last time you saw me before? Well, before the, like we met. Three years. Thirteen. No, 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 no. Thirteen years. Before. Before. No, okay. Like, okay. From from the time we then that you went that I helped you move. Mm-hmm. After I, that's the last time I saw you. Two thousand six. I have to help you move. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two thousand six. Mm-hmm. So from two thousand six to two thousand nineteen. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. Pandemic started. No. What was it? Yes, yes. It was 2019, October, yeah. Yeah. You hadn't seen me. Yeah. 13 years. Mind you, I'm compadre, I'm, your, I'm the godfather to your daughter. Based on that, like, you know, like, I mean, part of me is like, oh, you know, I kind of messed up. But you, I justify it by like, yeah, because like, seriously, I told you this all the time, like, I don't understand why you chose me. Because <laughs> I'm like, um, I know me, you know. That's me. <laughs> I'm Kenobi. <laughs> you know, like that. Like that. It's, it's it's very strange for me. Like you don't, you know. I guess I'm, I mean, I I get used to working, being in the shadows. Mm-hmm. That like it's hard for me. Like when I'm, I get like spotlight on me. I'm like, hey, why, 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 not me? No, him, not me. It's, it's going back to the the the, the that example. Mm-hmm. What were you gonna try to say about that? Oh no, like 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 that. I've had that interaction. Mm-hmm. Most people would be like. Yeah, okay, that didn't work out, and then, like, never see the person again. Never reach out. Yeah. It's 13 years, man. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah. It's a long time. And then, okay, maybe it was sooner because we started texting. Soon, like, you know. Cause yeah, because we, we got back in touch in 2011. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was in 2011. We got back in touch, and then sporadically here and there. Would be talking, texting, yeah, and uh, Facebooking, and then Instagram. Mm. Not to make an excuse, but I, I mean, and I, and I've, I'm really strong about this. I tend to be better in person. Mm-hmm. Even on the phone, I get irritated. I'm like, okay, get, get, wrap it up, <laughs> wrap it up, B. You know, like, what do you want? What do you? And it's because I feel that again, my fault. You know, as much as anyone else's. I'm so busy most of the time that it's very difficult for me to like spare time. Mm. Like I get a call mm. and I'm like, and I have to literally triage my life. I'm like, how important is this call? I'll get back to him. Yeah. No, mind you, here's a crazy thing. So like I call you, remember how you miss a couple calls? A little bit of me gets angry, upset. <laughs> what are you doing? You're sleeping again? Answer my fucking calls. But then I'm like, I'm like dude. Maybe he's doing something. Maybe he's showering. Maybe yeah. he's exercising. Maybe he's doing something else. Why are you getting mad? Because when you do it, it's okay. But they do it, you can't. You know, I, there's some things that like, I I'm I get stuck in certain uh, track that like I I put myself as the most important person. And I'm like, <laughs> I think we all do that. Yeah. You know, we're all so I have to like calm that. myself down. And be like, no, it's okay. Breathe. Yeah. So I mean, like, I guess like what I'm trying to say is that. Um, there's many interactions, and you can't base it on one situation. Now, if the person keeps do, habitually crosses that line, takes the shit on your side of the line, smudges it on you, 
and doesn't cross back to their own fucking side of the line, then you have to like, hey, come oh, on. A perfect example. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the old man at the barbershop. Yeah. Tell us about the story about the old man at the barbershop. So this weekend, we well, we were supposed to get a haircut on Friday. On Friday, yeah. Right? Um, but we um, happened to run into one of my neighbors. And, you know, I was telling him, I'm like, you know, we earlier had a discussion with him about, like, the building that we live in and some concerns that we were having. And, you know, they're going to raise rent and all that. So I went to see him. And I was like, hey, you know, um, you know, the rent. And then we got into, you know, various conversations, very enlightening, very enlightening conversations. Um, very informative, too. Like, we learned about, we got, we got a couple of good sources, uh, you know, about, like, finances and how, like, you know, very good books. I always love when people recommend me books. Yeah. Because I feel like they they recommend you TV shows most of the time or things that, you know, I mean, not, I'm not saying that they're not bad, but books is something that, like, as a, as a child, I remember loving. In fact, most of my intelligence that people claim, you know, for me to be highly intelligent is off books. It's because I read. I read. I read all the time. And my downfall has been audiobooks. But that's besides the point. I think that's, yeah, yeah. that's most of America now. And podcasts. No, no, no. Podcasts <laughs> are the greatest. You listen to this podcast. You keep listening. Um, anyways, so we couldn't get a haircut on Friday. So we wake up Saturday and, we, you know, it was a workout day. So we went out to work out. Uh, went to, um, what is it called? The Curtis Park? Curtis Park. Yeah. Because, oh yeah, like luckily we got there. Because last time we went, there was a, a game. And I was like... I don't want to run with people running around. Like, I don't think <laughs> you run. It was packed. Yeah, I don't it was think you packed. run with the football games going on. That'd be weird. <laughs> on the side. <laughs> hey, fellow kids. <laughs> hey, fellow kids. <laughs> <laughs> when are we graduating? <laughs> When's prom? Homecoming? Can I be homecoming kid? So, who, needs um, a, who needs a date? <laughs> <laughs> R. Kelly's going to come in here. <laughs> oh, my God. R. Kelly's back. Um, so, so we go exercise. Ivan sees a couple of uh, UFOs. UFOs. I got it on video. I um, I pretend I didn't see anything because you know I'm not gonna end up in no witness protection. I, I got video proof. Mm-hmm. So you hear if he goes missing, it's on him. <laughs> Luckily, he's has he has Aztec blood in him because I'm not gonna get napped. <laughs> um. So, anyways, um. So we go to the barbershop and we sit down. It's it's slightly packed and there's this older gentleman and like he's just running his mouth. And he's got to be, what, in his 70s? Yeah. Yeah, he was over. 70s. Yeah, he was an older Cuban and man. And he's, like, there talking. He's literally shitting on the barbershop. Like, you know, he's like this and this and that. And he's calling some guy, some kid, uh, you know, feminist. Uh, yeah, you know, one of the employers. One, one, of, the, one of the barbers. Yeah, he called him. Like, first of all, he's gay. And that, like, you know, last time he came, there was, he, was, he was shaving some dude's ass. And then, like... Uh, Telling him, like, oh, no, like, don't cut your hair with that guy. And he kept running. And I was laughing because it seemed like it was funny. But you ever gotten to that point where, like, funny becomes, okay, man, that's enough. Like, um, it's now it's, like, even one of the barbers that doesn't know him, a new barber, was like, hey, sir. I mean, all this is in Spanish. Hey, sir, or are you serious when you're telling the boys or are you just motherfucking around? That old man doubled down and goes, no, I'm being serious. <laughs> yeah, you sure did. And then at that time, the owner was there. And he goes, no, 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 bro, don't worry about it. He's, he's, he's just talking shit. He's having a good time. But they're bothering him. Now, what gets me weird is like sometimes, I mean, mind you, we're military. We're, we're former military. 
So there's there's things that we joke around, we go for, like you know, even even like uh, we we might say one or twice, like when a when a when a one of our uh, fellow soldiers, you know, fellow service members gets cheated on. The dear John letters, we make fun about it, this and that, but we don't we don't double down on that. We don't keep pounding. This man's like talking to a guy that he's, he's tarudo, which is like you know like you've been cheated on. Like you, you know, like I guess I don't know the. the and he got the, really personal. Yeah, the term in English, in English, I don't know what Tarudo would be, like you know, like <laughs> dumbass. Yeah, yeah. no, but like, yeah, but like, yeah, like dumbass because he got cheated on. Yeah, no, but like, Tarudo because it's also este este cornudo like de ponernos cuerno like it's just crazy. Yeah, Tarudo in Spanish in Mexico would be dumbass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dumbass Tarudo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and this guy keeps going and going, and then you know like. We go get our haircut. Like we, we, it's our turn. Like you go first, and I'm there. And then the guy, after finishing, he goes, "Oh my god, what's that water you put? I smell like shit. Smell me." <laughs> and I look at him. I'm like, dude. Literally, I would, I would. I couldn't say, like, I'll, like it's always like I would go. Like, oh, I'll smell someone because it's to me. It means nothing. Yeah. But I'm like, there's there's a rep to behold here. Yeah. I'm not getting close to that guy because even the guy goes, "Oh, don't, he goes, be careful. Don't get close to him. He'll kiss you." <laughs> Like, so they're, they're, like they're, throwing, they're throwing needles at each other, throwing knives. Yeah. Yeah. To the point that when I get my haircut, I hear the conversation keep going and like something about calling the cops. And, you know, but this is all like fun. But like, no, 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 no. The, one of the uh, barbers is telling the old man, you know, if you don't get out, I'm going to toss you out. That's when the old man says, oh, oh, you're going you're gonna to put your hands on me? Let me call huh. the cops. Yeah, let me call the cops. This, this old man's going to go, you but know say, what happened? But say it in Spanish the way he oh. said it. He goes, uh, he, you know, he goes, where's my policia? And then he said, he, he he goes, the phrasing that God is laughing was, "Tú sabes lo que te pasaría si tú le pegas un viejo." You know what happened if you know, man. And I'm I'm getting my hair cut. I start laughing because I'm like, this man has no fear. <laughs> the balls on that the fucker. balls. <laughs> now, mind you, this man claims he's rich and balling, and all this gets his hair cut. Is bitching because they raised the price. But the, here's the thing. How much did he pay for that haircut? He paid $15 for that haircut. No, no, no. Like, okay, that's the price. It's going up. Like he's, The guy told me next week it'll be $20. Yeah. $15 today. By next week, $20. $20. This he's guy's bitching comp- about $5. Yeah. He's bitching about going like, And then like he's a senior citizen. He says, oh, no, I'm just going to pay eight fifteen. And I'm just gonna give you. I always give you three bucks of of a tip. And he's bitching, complaining. He they cut his hair, they do the whole work, and then he's still talking shit. Sits down and doesn't pay. He's talking shit, talking shit, talking shit. Yeah, because the bar was telling him, you know, you shut your mouth, go ahead and pay, and get out of yeah, here. And the guy's like, what do you say? Oh, I don't have any money. Yeah, I have no money. <laughs> oh, I have no money. And they start laughing, like, fine, then leave, then leave, you know, then leave, go, leave. No, but this man's like, oh my god, I, it, I guess what got me was like, there was at a point that like we'll be back after this commercial break. Green Green got you down. Got a tickle on that foot. Feeling sleepy after a nap. Love them sweets more than your limbs. Then you might got the beaters. Hang them dogs on the meat hook. And listen to them boys on the compadres happy hour. 
Sorry, folks. Uh, that was R. Kelly uh, telling us to stop talking shit about him. <laughs> yeah, that call was very important. R. Kelly's really mad. Mr. Robert Kelly said he'll pee on us. If we don't stop <laughs> if we talking, stop shit, talking about shit about yeah. him. You know, he's a victim, he says. I'm a victim. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the old man, yeah, man. Yeah, big boy energy, man. God damn, he has big boy energy. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, like, I guess like other people call it uh, big dick energy. Like, yeah, I think that's that's what most people call big dick energy. Big boy energy is from uh, Paris PD. Ah, yeah. That, that's their take, but it's big dick energy. Um, big ball energy. Big mm-hmm. ball energy. No, that guy, that, that gentleman was very, very, I mean, at a point he got crossing the line I think what really got to me was the part where like when a lady came into the barber shop with her husband and, and little kids and little kids and then it just like it was like okay you know the joke's over you had your hair cut y'all laughed let's move along you know like you know come on so that's when I saw my haircut I paid the guy and I was out and he was oh you asked me if you were my son which offended me because you know <laughs> I don't have kids and I'm, I'm older than yeah. him yeah <laughs> So I was like, this old man's blind, you know. Yeah, but the, uh, this this old man, he went from being funny to, dude, you're obnoxious. you're being obnoxious. You're bullying now. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those. Even when we were leaving, before we even left, I had that conversation with him because he was telling me about, uh, you know, when he goes to the clubs here in Miami when he was younger, that he would just raise his hand and people would come to him and start attending him. The owners would come and talk to him. And say, oh, what do we need? What do you need, sir? What do you need? And I was like, all right, so if you're such a big baller, why the fuck are you complaining about $5 increase in the price for a haircut? And then on top of that, he didn't even want a tip. Remember nope. that his barber was like, yeah. hey, this motherfucker don't want a tip. He'd want a yeah. tip. No, he said he's saving his money for the rocket to help tomorrow. <laughs> Bezos. So I was telling that old man pissed me off. So I told him. Mm-hmm. So if you have so much money, why are you upset about paying five dollars? Why are you upset about? He goes, well, do they charge you more? Aren't you upset? I was like, no, I'm not upset. I was here three years ago when my brought me brought me to get my haircut, and there was the same damn price. Mm-hmm. And I paid I pay the guys five dollars extra as a tip as a courtesy. So it doesn't hurt me. I'm surprised he didn't tell you that's why you're poor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, God damn, this man, this man got it. Yeah, he's that man. And then, oh, and then he tells me, he tells me, tú tienes una cucaracha atrás en el cabello. Mira, te dejó una cucaracha. And I was like, quítamela. Because he was saying that they, they left like a piece of hair in the back of my head. That the guy didn't cut the hair the, the hair right. And I was like, well, take it off. Take it off. And he's like, no, you don't do that. You're not so maricón. Like, I'm not going to touch you. I'm not gay. <laughs> the funny thing is that, that part you said when he raised his hand, he was in the club. So the, the barber, the owner goes, no, no, he was like, no, man. Well, the person he came to see was a security. Get me the fuck out. How <laughs> did he hear that part? Yeah, that's what he told him. He's like, yeah, the, the only person that came to see you at the, at that club when you were young was a security guard to get you the fuck out. How did he miss that part? He was taking up space. How did he miss that part? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nope. So, yeah, like, uh, definitely, definitely, that man was... Very toxic to, to, to those <laughs> he was, group of barbers. He was really toxic. And, you know, even at that, there was a, a, a black customer that came in with his young son. Mm-hmm. You know, and they were even offended. They were even pissed off that they left. Yeah. They left. Um, so it's people like that. People like that that are habitual line steppers that are toxic individuals that, you know, it, I know it's, I shouldn't give them much importance, but when they constantly start fucking bullying you or you know, overstepping the boundaries that you set, 
that's when it becomes personal. That's when I start getting angry. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I was uncomfortable from the start because I was like, I mean, like, it felt like we walked in to him busting balls, but then it just got personal. And I was like, okay, I'm not, I mean, I'm not used to that level of, like, constant. Yeah, and he got to a point where he was, like, berating them. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he was even said there was a dead body in the, in the bathroom. <laughs> You should have come yesterday. There's a body in the bathroom. He said, <laughs> "This man, he, he I, should, I shouldn't pay no attention to him. He's probably yeah, off his yeah. rocker. He's probably off his rocker." Yeah, he sure is. And um, then we left, and then we left, and uh, we were supposed to do this podcast uh, Saturday. Yeah, it raining, and it started raining, and, and other events. Like, I mean, like that, that like it, was, it was everything was delayed. For us, so like eventually other things caught up and we had to like rush somewhere else. Yeah, because we already had planned out our weekend. We said mm-hmm. we're going to stick to the schedule and we're going to do this, do this, do this, do this. And yeah. it didn't go as planned at all. Yeah, well, you know, the way I see us this weekend, we were like that dog from up. Squirrel! Like <laughs> everything distracted us. Yeah. yeah, it did. Everything did distract us. I knew what we were laughing. Yeah, because we even we even got distracted by that the app that you showed me. Mm-hmm. The Galaxy Star, Star something. The stargazing app. What is it? Skyview. Yeah. Skyview, yeah, Skyview. Where you see the different constellations of stars and the planets using your mm-hmm. phone. Mm-hmm. No, no. I mean, what I what I was gonna say is, uh, we were so distracted by the old man doing the whole thing that they skipped us twice for getting a haircut. Oh yeah, that's right. They did. And they're like, "Oh, you guys waiting for a haircut?" Which, by the way, if you're sitting in a barbershop. What do you do in the barbershop? First come, first serve, right? Yeah. You would think. So I was sitting there and I was like, I'm here to cut my hair. Like, what? what? I didn't come for the show. Yeah. You know? But you know what? That I've noticed that, because we've been there three times already. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that every time we go, they always do that to us. They always wind up skipping us. It wasn't like that before. Like, before I would go, <laughs> I would like point at someone, hey, what's up? And because it, it wasn't that busy. They've gotten busy. That's the that's the issue. They've gotten over busy because that was that barbershop was the one that like I could go and regardless what hour I went, I was ten. I was like right in and out. Not like these other barbershops. Some other barbershops, which I'm, I get it. Like when you get good, everyone looks for you. And I don't understand their system because we'd be sitting there, and other guys show up out of nowhere, and they get to sit on right away. No, some some had appointments. So, like, for example, the guy that, that cut my hair, he was, uh, he was like, look, my guy hasn't showed up. I, I can cut your hair. And I'm, I'm, I mean, like, and I, and I hooked him up because, like, it was something simple. I just needed a haircut, like a two around, you know, like, you know, like fade the back. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, like nothing to the beard. I'll take care of the beard myself. Because I feel like, you know, not, so not everyone could do touch, you know, groom your beard and leave it how you want it. They, they either they either go too much or too little. Mm. Well, I I can't I can't speak to that because I I can't grow a fucking beard for mm. save my life. That's your Aztecs. <laughs> your Aztecs can't grow anything. I'm all I'm hairless throughout mm-hmm. my body. Like those hairless cats. <laughs> Demon. Aren't they? Aren't those uh those cats considered to be regal? Mm-hmm. Aren't, they supposed to, aren't they considered to be royal? Yeah. See, royal, I'm, I'm royal, like a royal cat. Yeah. Aztec royal pain in the ass. That's a royal pain in the ass. So, like, um, 
I was watching the other day um, South Park. So I do. I re- I start from like season one and I just keep trying to go through it. Um, because you know, I want to see like where it started. I mean, because like growing up, I didn't watch it because like you know I never watched Comedy Central or that. You know, my parents don't let me watch that. I guess. Um, so you know, I watched seasons and this and episodes. But I've been trying. I, mean, I started from the beginning. So one one of the episodes like was uh, concerning about um, Kyle, the little Jewish kid, wants to play basketball. He happens to be the best in his school, South Park, South Park Elementary, playing basketball. So he goes to this interregional basketball tournament to see who the best are. When he shows up, there's a bunch of like tall black kids, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, he's doing his best. He still tries. They're like, oh, you're not built. <laughs> To play basketball, the coach tells him. He goes, oh, but I'll try my hardest. He puts him in, gets fouled, gets, you know, goaltended. You know, like, he, he's short and these kids are huge. And then they're trying to imply that they're, like, they're all going fourth grade. I'm like, whatever. Right? These are professional <laughs> basketball players. The way they drew them, they're professional basketball players. So, you know, goes through the whole thing. Um, and then, like, he, he, like, they tell him, hey, you're not good. You're not good enough for, for basketball. Go out. So then, like, as he's getting out, his friends, Stan tells him, you did your best. And then, like, just hearing that, I remember I was watching, I stopped it, I came talk to you, and I was like, you know, that's an interesting thing. Because you hear that a lot. Oh, you did your best. You know, if you do your best, you'll be good enough. You know, if you do your best. But that's a lie. Um, yeah, do your best. But people have to tell people, like, you do your best, but understand that there's a chance of you not getting a positive reaction, a positive turn, uh, you know, outcome. Outcome. Yeah. So, like, I watched that, and, like, in the show, eventually led for him to, like, get surgeries. Um, which, I mean, what South Park was trying to imply, I mean, was it was trying to focus on, was on, like, you know, how people, like, feel that they they, they are women, men for the women, women that feel that they're men. What are the things that, you know, they associate with, like, I identify as this, I identify as that. And then through funny, through jokes and all this, they put, you know, put the spotlight on that. And and, and uh, one of the biggest ones, like, uh, uh, Kyle's dad, like, he's against, oh, my God, how dare you? How do you do this? You know, like, you turn yourself. Like, on Kyle, what he did, he, like, he got, like, skin pigmentation surgery. <laughs> so he turned dark. And then, like, he had, like, knee surgery. So he got tall. So he looked like a big, you know, like he looked like the other kids. Yeah. You know? Um, which I'm surprised they didn't get uh, hit with uh, the black culture. Yeah. and all that, like cultural appropriation. I guess it was a different time. Um, so as it goes forward, um, Kyle's dad goes in and then the guy goes, so you like dolphins? He has a dolphin shirt on. Like a little, you know, like a, not like a dolphins football team. Yeah. Like a, you know, a drawing of a dolphin, like a, you know, like graphic shirt. He goes, yeah, I always love dolphins. I can make you one. And then he ends up making him one. Making him a dolphin. It all started with this. <laughs> Mr. Garrison, um, the gay teacher, wanted a sex change. So he goes in and becomes Mrs. Garrison. So like, they in the, in the beginning of the episode, they show you how they do it. You know, turn a penis into a vagina. They like, you know, hint at it. Like they show pictures. Like not too crude. And then, so it turns out that 
the knees that they, he needed bouncy things for the knees for Kyle. He used his test. Uh, he used Ms. Mr. Garrison's testicles. <laughs> uh, the extra skin he used to make the dorsal <laughs> on, on Kyle's dad's, you know, dwarfin, dorfin fin, dorsal fin. <laughs> yeah, like all these other things. So he's re- repurposing all the other parts yeah. he took out with the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he comes in. And he'll he'll make anyone anything you want. I can make you that. I can make you this. I can make you that. Yeah. I mean, and it's focusing on that. And then, what, like, one part is, like, for example, like, Kyle's dad comes in as a dolphin. And he goes, where's the dolphin seating? And he goes, sir, we don't have dolphin seating. How can this be? I'm a lawyer. I'm a dolphin lawyer. <laughs> and, like, he's having trouble going to the bathroom all that. Which, it showed light about that. You know, at least the way I took it is this. What the show was trying to show is the fact that just because you feel a certain way, you are not guaranteed that the outcome is going to be positive. Mm-hmm. Because in the show, you know, you might feel, you know, like, for example, in the show, he felt like he was a dolphin. But it doesn't mean that the world has to accommodate to him. The world doesn't change for one person. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's sad. It's sad to think that way because, you know, like, but then again, you have to think of how many things would happen. Every day we'd be changing the world because everyone feels differently, you know. Now, to be, I don't, you know, to be devil's advocate here Mm -hmm. on that point. So how would you, how would you, based off what you're saying, you want to be a certain way, but you're not guaranteed that you're going to be accepted that way. Mm -hmm. And you're not guaranteed that the world is going to change for you to be that certain way that you want to be. So, and on that, you're, you're pretty much saying, you're not, you, I'm not going to say you personally, but how would people take it as, I have a kid that wants to be a female, a, a girl mm-hmm. that wants yeah. to be a male or a female that wants mm-hmm. to be a male. Mm-hmm. Are they trying to say, okay, well, don't think that way because you're not going to be accepted the way you want to be. The world's not going to change for you. Yes and no. I think yes, because they're trying, they're, they're letting, they're like the same thing we talked about. Mm-hmm. Doing your best sometimes is enough. Oh, you did your best. Just because you change does not mean it's enough. Just because you chose to change yourself, it's not going to be enough for the world to change for you, to accept you. So you have to keep fighting. Yeah. Like, like it's giving you a hard truth. So I think like they're trying to make my point, the show is trying to make my point that you're you're free to do whatever you want with your body. I mean, you should be free to do whatever you want with your body, but understand that the world will not conform to you. Mm-hmm. So they did it in the way of the dolphin. The other kid wanted to be black, and here's the funny thing about it: Miss Miss Garrison goes and tries to sleep with men, and her and he was like, "When am I getting my period? When am I getting my period?" <laughs> and then a woman tells him. You can't get your period. Well, of course I can't get my I can't get my period. I'm a woman now. He was like, no, you can't. You had a sex change. It does not make you a woman. Mm-hmm. Like you could feel like a woman, you look like a woman, but you're not a woman because you're missing this and this. So Miss 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 Garrison in the show is the most like racist, sexist. Like back to what we were talking about earlier. Until it happened to her, her you know, when him and her, it he understood. Yeah. yeah, 
But here's the thing, because here's the thing. When he was gay, pro-gay. When he turned to a woman in a later episode, he goes and tries to ban gay marriage and calls them, and this is not my word, guys, in the show, you bunch of fags. And it's, it goes and tries to destroy like the, the, the approval in South Park for gay marriage. In fact, you remember, I mean, I never had to do this. Remember when you were... So it's, it's like a Caitlyn Jenner situation. Yes. Yes. It's funny, Caitlyn Jenner comes on later in the episode. Not that episode, in the, in the, in the seasons, in the, in the future seasons. Caitlyn Jenner's pretty much uh, Mrs. Garrison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I could, I, we could get canceled for that. <laughs> At least Miss, Mrs. Garrison is a, is a cartoon. <laughs> but going you know? back to your point... Going back to your oh, point, no, yeah, like it, it doesn't mean that you know, you just just because you change doesn't mean like this. Like I saw, like to to make it like you know take you guys back and mean like I'm not only picking on, you know, sex changes and all that. I once saw, I think I have it here. It said, it it uh it's about weight loss. I remember uh, I I took it and I started laughing because like you know like it's it's true it's true like there's certain things that you change, and it doesn't guarantee you anything. It's, uh, it says, uh, reminder, losing weight only makes you lighter. It doesn't make you kinder, smarter, more creative, more passionate, more determined, or happier. See, a lot of people associate weight loss. And, you know, I, I, could t- I guess I could talk about this because, you know, like we're going through the same thing. I've been big. I've been small. You know, I've been robbing bigs. I've been... <laughs> uh, um, so... Just because you change doesn't make you happier. Just because you change, the world's not going to change for you. Mm-hmm. You're going you're gonna to always face an up, uphill battle. Women had to do it. African Americans had to do it. I mean, they're still doing it. Gays have to do it. So anything you change, anything you want to become something else, just like these binary kids and non-binary kids, these, uh, you know, like sapiosexuals, all these things are changing. You're going to have resistance because the old gods are not going to let the new gods take over. Basically, yeah. the old guard is not going to let the new, these new things, they're like, no, that is not how it goes. That's not how it goes. Look at now, like the Catholic Church is accepting homosexuals. Yeah. Even though they've been uh, having them for years, but whatever. Yeah, within the priesthood. Some, com- yeah. some, com- some com- comedian goes, what are you guys wondering? The Pope dresses like Liberace. It's so true. <laughs> what are you guys talking about? He dresses like Liberace. He does. You know, all these jewels and all these like, wait, whoa, oh, whoa. Shit. whoa. <laughs> He's the ultimate queen. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I guess that, that it, it really resonated with me because like, okay, like I told you earlier, or I think, I don't know if I'm on this podcast, if on this episode, or to, with, personally when we were talking, you know, like out, off the air. Mm-hmm. Words are very important to me, and you know that's yeah because we take them literally. Yeah. yeah, I tend to yeah I tend yeah I tend to do it literally because like if you say something, and I see if you tell me oh I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that I'm gonna be this or you 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 fight against something you fight me against something, but then I see you not follow your own advice or or something that we had a a, a debate, a discussion about, mm-hmm. and, then, and then I see the person do the opposite I'm like. What was the point of that wasted time? Exactly. You know, like, that's why I remember I told you. Um, and, you know, we all do it. Uh, but I, I was focusing on the politicians. 
when they're like, oh, no gay sex, no this, no gay marriage, no gay that. And then where do you find them? Airport bathroom trying to reach under the thing for toilet paper. <laughs> Quote unquote toilet paper. Use your socks, buddy. Use your socks. <laughs> do, do, do like the normies do. Use your socks and walk away. Walk away. <laughs> you know, like a lot. Of, yeah, that's why. Um, but yeah. But that's that's one thing that uh, I tell my kids. You know, if, uh, I tell my girls. You know, if if at one point you feel like you you know you're you're different from the person you were born to be, I'm okay with it. You know, but know that you're gonna face resistance. Know it's gonna be a, a, an uphill battle, like you said. It's, it's gonna be some challenges that come along with it, and don't give up. Don't give up. And unfortunately, not even. And it goes back to what you say. If you try hard enough. You can accomplish anything, you know, and, and, and you see it now, the cultural change, you know, the gays and the lesbians, you know, the LGBT community were finding hard in the 80s to get their rights. And now, you know, gay marriage is, is legal across the nation. Well, I mean, and, and then, but unfortunately, like everything else, then you run into people that you're like, excuse me. Um, a couple of weeks ago, um, someone was telling me about their hardest time that they've had or they, you know that Miami is dangerous yeah which it is it is I guess you know depending where you are that. but the example was given to me I was like hmm you think that's hard why don't you look in the history of your people um, I, didn't, I mean I don't mean that way like your people but like of, 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 of you what do you associate with mm. of who you identify as what they had to go through California you know being being beaten and dragged out of hotels you know, being embarrassed, put out in the public like they were like deviants. Being murdered in the deep south mm-hmm. for being yeah. the, the person you want to be. And it just so happens. Philippines, no, Thailand. Marine picks up a hooker. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how do you not know. Because when we, we're told, like in the military, you're told, hey, buddy, watch out, Thailand, you might run into him. So have you know like but the guest I guess he was you know excited goes up and I think they're on the eighth floor finds out that it's a lady boy throws her to the balcony kills her the sad thing about that is that the military the city no that was no that was Japan that was something else but like it it, it was something similar the city when they closed the city down. The city was the one that appealed to the military base, the marine base, or the marine tourist, whatever, the, the, the plight to the military. No, it's okay, let them come out, because you are our economy. The plan happened, like, I guess like a marine killed a, or something happened with a Japanese citizen. And they closed the base, they isolated everyone, you know, like, they, like the, the marines were not allowed out. Well, one of the soldiers was not allowed, I don't know if it was marines, mm-hmm. you know. And then the city petitioned the base to open up because it was the source of the income. I think it was Okinawa. I think it was Okinawa. But then that, that's crazy. Like, you know, like, your death means nothing. Yeah. Because in the end, money money's rules. king. Yeah. Yeah. I know I said we were not about the military, but like, dude, like, it comes out. It happens. Yeah, because, I mean, we associate yeah. with the military because yeah. we're prior military. And okay. we, we heard the stories while we were in. We've yeah, seen... Yeah. People that we <laughs> yeah. we would associate with go through similar problems, and mm. 
you know, it's it's we can relate to it. That's why we bring up the military a lot. Like if I was an astronaut, I'll tell you about that time we were in, we were in uh, Studio Sixty taping the moon landing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's it's uh you'll, you'll see a lot in the podcast as we go forward that we relate a lot with the military. We'll tell stories a lot about military, you know, adventures and and stories that we can relate to. Um, because we are prior military, so we don't want y'all to forget that. Yeah, um, I think There's, we don't want y'all to think that we're you know bashing the military. No, no, because as of right now, you guys don't see this because we have no video. But there's a gun to my waist. There's a gun <laughs> to my back. The the head of of Richard Nixon has me pinpointed. See that, that that's that those uh things you saw in the sky? Those are sniper. Those sniper. Oh, that's what it was. It was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talking crap. You'll see what happens. It was the yeah, space marines. Yeah. Oh, the, the guardians. Yeah. The guardians for the space force. Yeah. Like we, our heads are gonna be fucking watermelons. <laughs> <laughs> like Gallagher. Yeah. Uh, Didn't he die? I think he died. Yeah, and then his brother took over. His twin brother took over. He had a twin brother? I didn't know that. I learned this from another podcast. I think it was um Podcast was uh with this uh it was with uh what's his name um ah uh, Pete Holmes uh make it weird uh don't make it weird with Pete Holmes I've never heard that podcast yeah, yeah it's funny like that's when like uh I really started realizing the differences the persona on stage of comedians and how highly intelligent they are mm. that's why I really love Bill Burr. Because Bill Burr doesn't change. Out, off, off air, on air, he's still the ranting, crazy man, but he has very intelligible thing, intelligible thing. Like, he doesn't dumb himself down. He's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorite individuals yeah. in this world. I mean, I used to love Louis C.K. He's very smart, but then it just, it, it, it got weird. It got weird. I mean, it got me, dark. It, yeah, it got dark. Because I was like, he was saying things that I would use. I, in fact, most of the things, I'm influenced by that darkness but then after that happened, and he does bring a point, you know, everyone has certain things that they like to do that turned them on. His just happened to be something that was broadcast out there. He goes, what would you do if your shit was broadcast out there? Like, you know, like, there's a debate. And I'm not, I don't want to, like, take sides. Like, he claims, I told the girls, I asked them, is it okay if I do this? And he goes, and that's why in his in his 2020 podcast, I mean stand up, he goes, next time get it written. Because I asked, they laughed. They didn't say yes, but didn't say no. I did it, and I got in trouble. And I was like, yeah, but yeah, still, but see, to me, to me, that. to me, it would have been like, you know what? That's something that not everybody is going to be comfortable with. Yeah. Why would you do it? Why would you even ask? Tell people, hey, you know what? I need time to myself. Get the hell out. Let me take care of my business. No, but he's trying to, I think he was trying to sleep with him. That's the thing. He knew what he was doing. He got in trouble, rightfully so, because yeah. he was trying to do something that he wasn't supposed to be doing in the first place. That's why he should have got kind of notarized, you know, like you know, signed by the judge. And see, a lot of, you got to remember too, a lot of men in power tend to, to have a lot of influence, you know. In no, Hollywood, you get surrounded by yes men, and that's what it was. He was everything's yes. He yes, was probably yes. he's probably the type of individual that everybody was saying yes to him, and he he thought, okay, well, I'm gonna do it this time, and you know they're gonna say yes to me. 
I need to find where I, where I saw this. And I always bring it up. I need to re- revisit that. The, the Godfather, I forget who's talking about it. The Godfather book, like the Godfather, you know, like the book. Mm-hmm. It goes into great detail. That scene that you see in the Godfather, the movie, where Robert, uh, Robert, what's his name? Uh, the, is that Robert Durant? Yeah, the, the, the consulary. The consulary, yeah. Yeah, you, uh, Robert, uh, oh, what the hell is his name? I forgot his name. I'll get back to you guys on that one. Yeah, we're going to have to get back to you. Um, but the consulary. The consulary goes and he's trying to do it for, for uh, Fontana. Trying to get him a deal. Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall, there you go. Um, and he's trying to get him a deal. And he goes, oh, oh, he'll be right with you. Sits down. Watches a mother take a little girl with pigtails. She goes into the office. I think the mother stays outside. Couple seconds pass by. Couple minutes pass by. Little girl comes out, hair messed up, dress all like fondled apart, like you know, like it's been like taken off and putting back on really fast. Little girl's crying. Pigtails not fucking no longer pigtails. She comes crying. The mom hugs her and takes her away. Robert Duvall's character knows what happened. In the book, it goes further, and they say that that was a way for. Was it Coppola wrote the book too? No, he did the movie. Francis Coppola. Coppola? I, I couldn't tell you. I, I don't Francis know. Francis Coppola did the movie. Mm-hmm. I know he did. He directed the movie. I have to look who wrote the book. But it talks. It, was about, it a Cap- I think it was Frank Capuzzo that Coppola, wrote the book. No, Coppola, Coppola. no, no, no. The one that wrote the book. Capuzzo. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah I think it was book. Frank Capuzzo. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he goes through the whole thing on that. And. He, you know, like they go to the detail. So I mean, it's it's it was it was it was known. It's been known for a while. Mm-hmm. But they, they say in the book it goes so much into detail. What happens and this and then the feelings, and that is why I think I don't remember if I correctly, but like I think like they did just like cancel the deal. He goes no. But yeah, no, like, like they say like this thing has been known for years that it has been happening, the pedophilia, the the, the sexual harassments. Power. And it's because you have you, you you do get surrounded by people that only say yes to you. So when someone says no, you think you don't hear it. I don't, I don't think you your mind registers that. You just go forward. You're right. Yeah. Oh, the uh it's made by an Italian American author, Mario Puzo. Mm-hmm. Mario Puzo. Yes. Mario! Where the hell did I get the Frank Capuzzo from? Mario uh, Puzo. You know them Italians. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter yeah. with you? Yeah, but yeah, going back to that, yeah, if you're surrounded by a bunch of yes men and, and you've gone through your entire career, everybody's saying yes to you, you know, you're eventually going to run into somebody that's not a yes person. And they're going to be like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? You know? Mm-hmm. You also, I don't know, man. When you when you get that famous, you gotta also, you gotta have some some sort of morality, some sort of you know, not dignity, but some sort of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A thought into it. Say, hey, is what I'm doing right? You know. I don't think you know, like you don't. You know, it's easy for us to say it because we're down here. Yeah. In the totem pole, we're the little we're the little people. Yeah. No, in the totem pole, we're not even above the sand. We're in the we're in the ground. 
Well, still- I just want to give a quick shout out before we go any further to mm-hmm. Ivan for giving me the information on, about the uh, Godfather and the author. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. he, he does such good work. Yes, he does. Rays. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yeah, especially our, um, our, our song guy over there, Abdallah, he's, he does an outstanding job. I'm going to fire him. <laughs> no, we should keep him. He does a great job. Yeah, can, can we can we lower him to intern now? <laughs> I thought he was already intern. I thought we were paying him uh, under the table. <laughs> we're Miami. Why not? <laughs> you know, that's the way things work here in Miami. Yeah. Under the table, which I don't understand. That Greece sounds very fast. dirty. I'm paying you under the table. What am I doing under this table? <laughs> like, whoa! Are you a Hollywood executive too? <laughs> get some of that ectoplasm. Yeah, get some ecto. And that's another story. Yeah. For another time. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to cue into what we talked about when we say ectoplasm. Mm-hmm. So, um, have you ever, growing up, like, you know, like, to, to recap, have you ever uh, uh, been, like, when you were growing up, did anyone tell you, like, oh, best you can, you know, do your best, uh, you know, try hard enough, like, you know, like. I, I, honestly, I can't really relate because I never was. In a family where we're told to do our best. You know, I was in a family that was very toxic. I was in a family that was very abusive mentally and physically. So, yeah, that whole do your best, try hard, and you can accomplish anything, that was never instilled in me. Never. Okay. It was, a, it was a, up until, I didn't, I didn't get that type of encouragement up in, when, until I joined the military. Ooh. Yeah, when I joined the military, that's when I got that encouragement. I'm lying. I go back. High school, I got that that type of encouragement from a math teacher and from a biology teacher. But to me, because I've I've never grew up with that type of encouragement. To me, it was like it was foreign. To me, it's like mm, yeah. I was uncomfortable with it because I always thought I'm not gonna amount to anything. I'm not gonna do anything with my life, you know. Because that's all. That's all I was told. You know, that's all I was told. Yeah, man, imagine. That's what, uh, that's what, uh, poor leadership does to a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> it fucks your brain up. Yeah, like, you know, you question yourself. Like, they don't even have to punish you anymore. They just let you punish yourself. But I, I unfucked myself when I joined the military. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, they complain. That's, you know, that's why I, I love the military. That's why I would always be grateful towards the military because they're the ones that really unfucked me. You know, they're the ones that really pushed me to, to exceed and to to exceed my expectations and to excel um, in everything that I do, even though they kind of fucked me too at the end, but that's a whole different story. Yeah, well, it wasn't the military, more like yeah, it was it wasn't the military because actually yeah, it was more certain people, yeah, certain people, certain one, one 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 element of the military messed you. Yes. But they took care of Great you. way to put it, yeah. One element of the military. Yeah. Like, but, I mean, like, you know, you had, you had people that took care of you. Yeah. Made sure that you were, you were all right. Yeah. 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 I, I will always be grateful. Yeah. That's I mean, something that I always be grateful to the people in the military, the good people in the military. Um, you have to, like, you know, like, take it, you know. Yes, because the military, you know how it is. It's, you, you literally can't sue the military because you signed that dotted line. Yeah. And then that, person that made the mistake got away with it and probably I mean hopefully didn't do it again yeah go on and hurt other people yeah yeah 
Well, you know, I mean, like, I get it. Like, part of it, I mean, I would be upset with the part where, like, you try to hide it. You try to get away with it. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's like, but, like, but like, like, back to you, I mean, did you grow up with that type of family dynamic where they I encouraged think it, was, you to... it was expected. But then again, I was, I was um, a very overachieving child. Like, I, 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 I exceeded in, in many things as a kid. Mm-hmm. But it was just because I just was always interested in things so like I always figured out how like I never was I never was good at following instructions mm-hmm. I just saw as like what's the result you want I'll get you there you know so for the most part that's what it was but I, then again I was very hyperactive so I remember um, you know like I would in fact here's the thing I succeeded I succeeded in high in, in all my schooling based on doubt I was doubted so I was like, bet, I'll prove, it, I'll prove you wrong. Which is why I think as an adult, it affects me because no one questions you anymore. So you're like, who's the question? You know, like, so you need the fuel. You need fuel to be thrown, you know, to, to start your engines. You need know? somebody to constantly be challenging you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, what's it called? I was talking to, who was I talking to? I think this weekend I was talking to to one of my friends, and then, and then she was saying the same thing. I think like if it's not challenging, oh okay yeah yeah um the the the, the housewoman we went to, um she was telling me like you know she works for the city uh, you know Miami Beach, and she was like you know it's a good job but I I, I want to be challenged, and then the only way to do it would be like my boss has to quit for me to move up and take another role. But because of COVID and how things are going and the remodeling, like the the, the whole uh, structure to the to the city, it's it's linear promotions, lateral promotions, lateral promotions. Then it's not, you know, uh, uh, pushing me. Mm-hmm. So I mean, in the same way, like I started going, out, I was like, oh, I can understand that. You know, it, 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 you start doing mundane work, so like you feel that you're being your your challenge are being wasted. Yeah. Because it's true. If you don't get um, challenged, you don't grow. Um, I, I forget where I read. Oh, it was in, the, in the Robert Greene's uh, The Power of uh, 48 Laws of Power. Mm-hmm. One of the laws, one of the stories it talks about is competition is always great. If you have no competition, find yourself some competition. Because competition makes you strive for better. If you're at the top of your game, Apple... Samsung. Oh, no, Samsung and Apple now have each other. Yeah, Microsoft. Yeah, Microsoft. Apple. If you get the top of the game, you're not going to improve. You're just going to be producing the same shit over and over again. Tesla and Ford. Mm-hmm. Tesla's always shitting on Ford. You need something, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, even like, remember that movie, uh, Shelby and versus Ford or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With, yeah. Uh, what is it, Matt Damon, I think it was? Matt and, Damon uh, and Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, like, you need competition to be, to be better, to improve. Shelby versus Ferrari. There you yeah. go, Shelby was Ferrari. Yeah, you need to improve, so you need a challenge. You need someone to be your, uh, you know, your competition. I mean, which is why like, it's funny because like, then they also hear things now, like. Now let me let me ask you this: Do you do you succeed when someone's on your ass or when someone's competing with you, like going laterally? Competing. Competing with you, okay. Someone on my ass, it just irritates me. I'm like, listen, you don't need to be so close. Dylan, Dylan, Dylan. Dylan, Dylan, Dylan. Dylan, Dylan, Dylan. 
So yeah, I don't need I don't need people to be like I don't know you can't micromanage me because it gets irritating. I'm like get off and you shut down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like you know the rebel exists no matter what. I'm a rebel to the end. You know, growing up I would tell people no I'm, I have I have I have issues with authority, but I've never been arrested. I'm like no no you don't get it. I'm not I'm not saying I go out and do crime. I just silent oppose. I'm the silent op- oppositor. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't say anything. I'm just like, mm, not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You're out there placing bets. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, who's going to win? Who's going to win this bet? Yep. Um, and it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's like, it's always been doubt, you know. And I never, I, and like, to, I'll tell you, like, that, that it's foreign to me that do your best, something, you know, doing your best, you know, try hard enough. To me, it was a Caucasian culture thing, mm-hmm. not Hispanic culture. Culture you're expected to be succeed, just like the Asian community culture. You get the stereotypical you're supposed to succeed. And A is great, B is fail, C is fail, D is fail, F. Don't even come home. That's that's funny you say that, because um, I, I don't see it that way in the American Mexican culture. You no. Know? In the American Mexican culture, you see like, oh yeah, he's gonna go to jail. He's gonna be you know a, a, a bum all his life. You know, in Mexico. When I grew up in Mexico, it was different. I was like, oh, you're going to succeed. In Mexico? You grew up in Mexico mm-hmm. or Texas? Uh, well, I grew up in, in Texas from from the day I was born in Houston to about 11 or 12 years old. And then from there, I went to Mexico. Okay, well, you're talking about Mexico culture. The Mexican culture. That's different from uh-huh. the American Mexican culture. Okay. The American Mexican culture is like, this guy's going to go to jail. He's a mm-hmm. bum. You know, when I grew up, Mexican-American families that I was associated with, they were all the same. Oh, my son's gonna be a bum, or he's gonna be a marijuanero. Yeah, somebody's gonna be a marijuana. He's gonna go to jail. You know, because it's their their families, first generation that came here, they were all the same. Oh, he's gonna be good for nothing, or he's gonna impregnate the girlfriend, and they're not gonna amount to anything. That's the mindset of the Mexican American families that I grew up with here in the states. And Mexico is completely different. It was it was the the families in Mexico that were like you gotta do your work hard do your best to to get out of poverty to do something better with your life, and that's something that I, I even being in Mexico around my my stepfather and my family, we didn't have that 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 family dynamic. It was still the American Mexican dynamic from the states. Like oh you're gonna, gonna be a nobody, you know even if you're having good grades or you're you're doing your best, what for? You're not gonna amount to anything. You know, so it's when you tell me that it's, it's kind of weird because you grew up in a different family culture. You yeah. know, yours was you're expected to go to school, you're expected to, to graduate high school, you're expected to graduate college, you're expected to do something with your life. Yeah, you know what? Today, I heard actually, not today, yesterday, when we were like studying the whole Spanish, Spaniard, Madrid, Andalusia, the accents, the accents. Yeah. one guy, I don't know if you've heard the video, he talks about. Oh, Andalusia people are like eh, the Texas of Spain. Like, <laughs> like they, they see them as that the, they they hold the old virtues mm. of America, mm-hmm. which it is. Do think about it. Texans stereotypically they put them as um, patriots, like gun hold, you know, cowboys and gun toting, yeah, go cowboy, toting. yeah, yeah. So I guess that's what the guy was saying, like, but he meant it in the way that they speak. They keep it pure. Keep it pure. Like it's very strong Catalan. 
Yeah. Yo. Yeah, we got a different way of talking in Texas. Yo. Mm-hmm. He was making fun of his magic. He was like, oh, thank God that then, um, when, that, when the, I guess when the, something, I think when the war happened, like a lot of these uh, Andalusian, a lot of Spaniards moved to the, to, to the West and they brought along with the normal speaking, what they say normal speaking, like not the, the lips. She goes, can you imagine a Mexican with a lisp? <laughs> no mames, way. I'm like, what? They were like, oh my God. Argentino. Que chess. He was talking about that. Yeah, but the, the population is becoming so globalized now. It's like you're getting a mix of, of different, uh, I don't want to say accents from different places. Because like here in Miami, you have Cubans. Talking like Nicaraguans, you got Nicaraguans talking like Cubans. You know, like you tell me sometimes, oh, I, I'm using my Cuban accent with you sometimes. Yeah, it's just, it, it's a dialect that kicks in. Yeah, it's a dialect. So I think we as a people are becoming so globalized that now it's, it's it's hard to even tell where you're from now. It's it's difficult to tell where you're from. I know, every time I like leave Florida or leave Miami and come back, I always, I always get confused with the, I see blonde hair, light eyes, girls. And then they start talking. I'm like, whoa, what the? I speak them <laughs> only English, but they speak Spanish. When I told you, there's an Asian um, a business owner. He speaks Spanish. Like, you look at him, he looks fully Asian. They speak Mandarin and everything. But they're talking, dropping the Spanish. And it's funny because this last summer that my oldest and I went on a um, road trip to California, people thought I was Filipino. Mm-hmm. And they thought my daughter was Filipino. They thought... My oldest was Filipino, and I was like, no, I'm not Filipino, I'm Mexican. They're like, you don't look Mexican, you look Filipino. Yeah. But my last name, you know, being related to uh, their, their Ferdinand, their former president that they exiled, I always, even in the Navy, they'll be like, oh, are you related to Ferdinand and Emilia? 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 I'm like, no, but I know about a shoe fetish. In fact, <laughs> it's funny, because like... According to a, a gentleman I see at the VA, like, you know, the nurse takes my blood pressure. Every time I tell him, no, yeah, she still comes. I mean, this is like pre-pandemic. This is like maybe a couple of years back. That she would come to Bell Harbor and shop for shoes. Yeah. I mean, they forgave him because he eventually got his body taken back to Hawaii. I mean, from Hawaii to the Philippines. And then... Her, like her son and her grandson and granddaughter are in the politics. Even though the dad, the grandfather, her husband, they blame her. They say it was her that that like drained the, the, the country. Because that's what happened. Like at the end, like he was the dictator or whatever. He, but he drained the country's uh, you know treasury. So the country went poor. Yeah. Same thing's happened in Mexico. Mm-hmm. The president in the 80s, Carlos Salinas. You know, but I mean, you allow these people to believe, you know, toxic people, people believe in them. They allow them to keep going forward. Better an hour and 23 minutes. All right, so I think it's, it's a good time to yeah. go ahead and uh, finish up with this podcast, mm-hmm. this episode, this week's episode. Yeah, well, this is one of our longest, well, the longest ones. You said an hour and 20 minutes? An hour and 20 minutes. Oh. Yeah. With one commercial break, well, because we got interrupted by our Kelly. 
fucking oh, argue. I have to call my lawyer and, and the restraining <laughs> order. And then, the, and so this has been the episode. This has been uh, another episode of Compadres Happy Hour. Compadres Happy Hour with this has been another episode of. Huh? This has been another episode of Compadres Happy Hour with Ivan and Abdallah and the helpers and the guys in the background. Yeah. Thanks, Jamie Foxx. <laughs> We're going to give him names. I can't call, you know, because I feel like I'm talking to myself. Kyle. Kyle. Steve. Steve. George. Yeah. Juan. Caesar. <laughs> Elvis. <laughs> Diane. Mm-hmm. The Supreme Court Justices. <laughs> Ruth. Ruth. Rehnquist. The Ghosts. Yeah, so thank you for joining us. And with that, cue my music. Follow us on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss out on any episodes. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe via Twitter at CompadresHPHR. That's C-O-M-P-A-D-R-E-S-H-P-H-R. And on Instagram at Compadres Happy Hour. You can also email us via Compadres Happy Hour at gmail.com. <laughs>